Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, yeah. I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Apologia Radio. You guys can get us on them internets at ApologiaRadio.com. That's where you guys can get us, get the past episodes and all that stuff. And also get the app, Apologia Church, on Google Play or the iTunes Store. Uh, but we would prefer that you went to iTunes and did what, King Ginger? Subscribe on iTunes. Even if you have an Android phone, just subscribe on iTunes on your computers. Subscribe to iTunes and do what? Comment and Com- rate and rate. We rate. haven't said that. We haven't said that in like forever. I know. We haven't to, read any comments. I don't even know what we have. It's been so long. I know. We I have know. like two hundred reviews. Yeah. So, so. Um, let's do that. Get get us on iTunes, guys. Leave a comment. Rate us there on iTunes, and we will read those comments. We're trying um, to take down Joel Osteen. Yeah, this is yeah. what you got to do. If you're yeah. going to take down Joel Osteen, you're going to knock him off. His pedestal, yeah, for the number one spot. This is stuff you got to do. We got to work together as a you team. You got to have you got to have fans that have the same goal as you. Because because if 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 we can get, I mean, we've like fluctuated in the iTunes stuff, like and uh, we've been as high as top twenty. Yeah, yeah, and so it fluctuates yeah. daily. But we want to do our best to get there in that top spot so that others can see, so we can get a clear communication of the gospel yes. to more people. So if you have the app, the Apologia app, please tell them this. Okay, if you have the Apologia app. We want to move you away from listening to the podcast on the app and listening on an an app player, or like an actual podcast catcher, like iTunes. Through iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so please do that because that's we, we lose a lot of downloads on iTunes when people go to the app. Yeah. And so we want to push it all towards one direction because it's... We want it because that's good advertising. When you're on top of that list, yeah, it's good advertising, and we and we have enough listeners to be well at the top. Yeah, we just got to point everybody in that direction, yeah. and we'll be yeah. So right use there so use the time. use the app for all the church stuff, the sermons at church, yes. the Kingdom of God series that I'm doing right now, right. all that stuff, and all the old stuff. There's all kinds of really cool stuff on there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. on the front on the first uh, link or tab on the app, there's yeah. like stuff Luke's teaching at church. There's the teaching series from Apology at Church. There's actually stuff that like. Uh, radio shows that I've done outside of Apologia Radio that are on there. I mean, lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so go there. You can get all, you can still get great stuff on the app. So go get the app. Yeah. But we do just the want show. people to multitask. Yeah, just do That's the show. All. Do the show on the iTunes and uh, 
And, and again, because here's the point, because you have guys on, on uh, the iTunes top spots that are like Joel Osteen, you've got like Kenneth Copeland, you got, you know, like Joyce Meyer, you got people like that that are there that we would love as people go and do searches for like Christian podcasts, spiritual podcasts, people to like pick up Apologia Radio and then get to hear like the biblical the biblical gospel. Right, that's right. And uh, so that's what we want you to do, just if you would do that for us. So um, you can also help support our sponsors that way. Because it's good for them. Yeah, people give. There, there are places that give to our ministry, and we'd love for you to support them because they actually support us. And so um, one uh, new Christian company that actually uh, supports Apologia Church oh, in our ministry. Oh, we got a new, a new sponsor. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they, they give towards Apologia Church but, now. By the way, you have not taken that shirt off in three days. <laughs> I think you're I wearing actually it. Have. Well, I actually have. Welcome to Jeff. <laughs> yeah. He gets a new shirt, he'll just wear it until it falls, falls off. off yeah. Greg Bonson. I got, Greg my, Bonson I got my Greg Bonson t-shirt on. Got it from Missional Wear. Uh, is it MissionalWear.com? Yeah, it's MissionalWear.com. Yeah. MissionalWear.com. And, I, and I'm, I know people went, they were trying to get the shirt, so I hope that they get that fixed. But uh, there's a Greg Bonson shirt there. All kinds of really great stuff. Missional Wear believes in the mission and ministry of Apologia Church, and so they're giving uh, towards our church. And so we'd love for you guys just to go and, and pick up shirt, shirts from them, tell them thank you for supporting Apologia Church. It's not a V-neck, though. I know. If it was a V-neck, <laughs> I would wear this for the next 10 years. Trust me. Oh, first oh, we're, we're, all, we're all V-neck. rocking the Missional Wear today. That's right. Yeah. For uh, Solideo Gloria. Yeah. I am not on camera. I'm not on camera. <laughs> yeah. The one who got the most missional wear shirts is not even wear one. Well, I'm the producer. Yeah. All the Presby uh, t-shirts he's got, which is cool. I got a Presby shirt on right now. You do have Bonds a Presby shirt Presby. on, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, so, hey, we have John a really... Owen, John Owen, was he Presbyterian? John Owen? Yeah. Uh, was John Owen Presby? I, I, don't, I don't know, know if no, he was Presby. I John Owen. So yeah, I, I he, he might have been. He might have been. Um, uh, so, okay, we have an important show to do, so I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I really am. We did a show, it must have been Luke, years ago. Um, I think it was called... Uh, Bonson, Lady Bits, and something else. Yeah, and Gun Control. And Gun Control. Something like that. So if you go back into the past episodes, there's a really good episode in there where we play a lot of Dr. Bonson's debate. He did... Did you know Dr. Bonson did a debate on gun control? I didn't know. It's really good. What? Yes, against like a liberal PC USA pastor. Are you serious? Dude, it was epic. And so... You should go back and listen to all of Apology Radio shows. Yeah. I should go back and listen to so, all so of our we, old so radio if guys, shows. If you guys go and you go into the archive, uh, we updated the sites and site and brought like those old episodes over into how we did it. So like it's you know it's in there somewhere. I don't know where to tell you where it's at, but somewhere deep in there, it's like it's like Bonson Lady Bits and Gun Control. Look up Lady Bits. It'll show look up. Look up Lady Bits. <laughs> Google the titles. Google Apology or Radio and Lady Bits. You'll find it. Okay. Um, all right. And uh, we play clips of Dr. Greg Bonson. Uh, debating on gun control. I highly uh, encourage you guys to go and check that out. I think it'll bless you. But we're going to do another one today on gun control um, and the Bible. Uh, We're going to talk about God's law, uh, God's word, and guns. And that's because there was a recent shooting um, in Oregon, and the president, uh, President Obama, used it once again as an opportunity to politicize the situation to go for what he ultimately wants, uh, more gun control. Um, and we're going to talk about that. What should the Christian position be on guns? Um, we're also going to, and Luke's ready to go too, we're also going to talk about uh, an update in the fact that uh, people just can't seem to get it out of their head that Planned Parenthood does not do Mammograms. Right. Um, Shocker. I wish, I wish atheist Rebecca Watson would do a video 
Planned Parenthood does not uh, do mammograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that would be actually a very good video. Um, but we're going to talk about that. And so we have a lot to do. And we're going to go ahead and uh, I think uh, leap right in. Let's go ahead and start with the mammogram situation. That would probably be a good one to do. Luke, can you get your thing fired up over there? Um, so we'll start with this. Uh, this is a little video put together by Live Action, uh, and it just shows sort of a couple different clips of like the president and others talking about Planned Parenthood, the mammogram myth, and then it has uh, the, it has the butcher Sleazy Richards, Sleazy, before the Congressional Oversight Committee, um, saying that they do not, in fact, do mammograms. So here we go. They rely on it for mammograms? We do not have mammogram machines at our health centers, and we've never stated that we did. The, the $500 million that gets given to Planned Parenthood every single year goes to female care. It goes for scanning for cancer. It goes for mammograms. We do not have mammogram machines at our health centers, and we've never stated that we did. Planned Parenthood, for example, doesn't provide mammograms. Now, I know people say they do, but they don't. In fact, yeah, they do. We do not have mammogram machines at our health centers, and we've never stated that we did. What's going to happen as a result of this, if this bill would ever, if ever becomes law, millions of women in this country are going to lose their health care access, mm -hmm. not to abortion services, to basic family planning you know mammograms we do not have mammogram <laughs> machines at our health centers and we've never stated that we did so <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man uh, where do you start with all that i don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was actually listen that was That's like stuff that 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 mm -hmm. little video from live action that came up maybe a week week and a half ago uh, a, week, a week ago whenever the hearing was like the day after the hearing and so they put that thing together so I've had that like on my page for like maybe a week so there is a show um, that uh, is a popular show and uh, it's called The View some of you guys maybe have heard of <sighs> this show and I have so, to watch like every episode it's wonderful. to produce a yeah, show so, it's awful so, so, the, so everybody that it cares uh, to have accurate understanding and knowledge um, that actually paid attention to Planned Parenthood um, in the Congressional Oversight uh, hearing knows that Planned Parenthood does not do mammograms because the butcher effing mammograms so, yeah yeah you idiot. Rebecca Watson please help us <laughs> we would love for you to yeah, do a video make a video like, like that like that be honest it'd be yeah. really good so anyway but she, they don't do mammograms if you watched the butcher Sleazy Richards talk she says they don't do mammograms and it's like in Whoopi Goldberg like doesn't get it. There's yeah. a lot she doesn't get. She doesn't get it. Like after the oversight committee, she still didn't get it. No. And then there was the view, and so we're gonna find out. Then no one knows what does the view say? That's wonderful. That's <laughs> one of the most amazing things ever. My five-year-old goes around the house singing that. What the view say? Uh, and yes, that's it about. just sounds like gossiping, backbiting women. That is the sound I of think the of the view. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's true. except for Candace Cameron, we love her. Oh, happy, okay. happy, happy. 
That's, that's about what it sounds like when Whoopi when talks. Okay. All right. But the, for some reason, it the facts just don't matter. And you can be corrected by the president of the organization, and it still won't change your mind. You hang on to your party I, line. To be fair, though, I don't think facts have ever mattered for the view. Yeah, well. So, I mean, <laughs> you so, bingo. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, so, so, okay, so this surprised me because uh, Ben Carson was on The View, and uh, the, the guys sent me the clip, the video, and I thought that this clip was actually pre-Butcher. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, like it's just an old clip. And it turns out the guys told me that no, it was after. Yeah, it days was, after. It was days after. And they said it again. After, it didn't Santorum correct them in S- studio? They correct. Yeah, Sam, Santorum was on the clip. Of, yeah, that you the just original played. clip of Whoopi. Yeah, when she yeah. said mammograms and he said, no, she was actually yeah, there. Yeah, you just played that clip. Yes, right. and, and they still can't let go. No. Like a dog on a bone. They can't. Like a dog on a bone. <laughs> okay. All right, so um, what we're going to do is, I think a better thing we should do here is uh, we should go ahead and uh, take a commercial break. Keep you guys chomping at the bit. Waiting for... Like a ha- dog on a bone. Like a dog on a bone. <laughs> we're going to be back with Sleazy Richard. Um, Wow, the view Can't get it together They have no clear view No, Something is obstructing The view is is very cloudy Something is obstructing their view And uh, could be their worldview Amen? (laughs) Amen Amen Alright guys, we are back Apologia Radio Don't forget to get the um, app Don't forget to share an episode At ApologiaRadio.com Thank you guys for our all access We are We have two uh, Apology Academy's up right now. Third one's going up soon, then a fourth one. And I finished the fifth one, actually, last night, which uh, Marcus and I uh, were very happy with filming it in the studio. The look of it is... Oh, it looks way better. It wasn't yeah. skin tone background. Yeah, it just no, looks better. The walls are the same color as Jeff's skin. Yeah, it just... it just, just It's a bad room. As a, as a plug for this real fast, I told you I would do something different for this academy that I haven't done before. My fifth lesson in the academy goes over what are our foundations, theologically speaking, and I actually go into a Bible lesson about God and the gospel. Yeah. So I was, I was happy to, I was really excited to do that. So check it out at All Access Apologetics in the Apologia Academy. Be right back with the lady. Yes, you will. And King Ginger. Sup. And the bear. Dia. Homeschool woodpecker on the ones and twos. He uh, <laughs> said, "Sup, <laughs> and uh, the ninja." Be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, beauties and beasts, I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall protect your manlyhood an epic combination of manliness and manhood if you're hearing this today there is hope for your beard go to yukonsbeard.com and enter the code apologia and you can save some money while you save your face
Don't forget, uh, if you're all access, if you are a partner with Apologia Church and you're all access and you get all that additional content, we are hooked up right now with Darren Doan, director of Collision, Unstoppable, bunch of great stuff. And uh, he did a film that was actually called um, Stonewall. Uh, but there's actually a homosexual propaganda movie called Stonewall. And there's just all kinds of stuff going on with like how that would work in the theaters and iTunes. So Darren has changed the title of the yes. film, and it's called The Free Speech Apocalypse, and it has really an epic poster. It's, it's amazing. I, yeah. I like this direction oh, way amazing. better. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, it gives the apology a stamp of approval. It, it does. So um, it's called now The Free Speech Apocalypse, but you guys will get that if you're all access. You will get the Free Speech Apocalypse, the ability to actually see that film before... For 24 a- hours. Anybody else, 24 hours, you will be able to get that film. Um, we will announce it um, for all of our all-access peeps. Don't worry, we will let and you guys I, know. I'm just going to say it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Un- like, I'm not just saying that because... I agree. I mean, it really is a phenomenal documentary. It's gripping. It's gripping. It really is gripping. Um, it's edited really good. Yes. It's got your best friend in it. Yeah. It has chocolate in it. Yeah, chocolate's for, in it. For like chocolate's two seconds. It. So, yeah, um, for anyway, seconds. go to All Access. He has the best part in the whole film, though, doesn't he? I mean, don't give away any spoilers. I, yeah, it's really it's good. Po- he it's asked, the first time I've ever seen let, it happen. Let's just say he asked, he got the ability to ask a presidential candidate a question. And he stumped him. You would really, really want to see, you'd pay money to see a presidential candidate get yeah. asked this and question. And it's a presidential candidate that I've never, ever seen be stumped. Yeah. Right. Get stumped. Right. Which never. We're going to talk about him being... Because he's pretty brilliant. Yeah, so anyway. Um, so anyway. You got to watch it. Really good, and All Access gets that. Um, we have more to announce on that uh, coming up. For anybody that's local, we have a very special thing coming. Uh, we're working on it right now, so if you are local in Arizona, you're going to trip out. Um, but uh, anyway, so that we'll, we'll be letting you know soon on that. Uh, All Access uh, is going to get that. It's at ApologiaRadio.com. Very excited to show you that. Okay, so we were talking about The View, and we were talking about uh, what they say, and... <laughs> <laughs> this is actual actual footage. That's whoop, whoopie whooping right there. From last week's show. Whooping it up. <laughs> and uh, so we were talking about the fact that uh, the view just can't seem to see uh, facts when they're presented before them. And this just goes to show that your worldview does really drive how you view everything. Yeah. It takes a lot to change your mind. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's really a hard thing to actually have your mind changed and to begin to see things differently. Um, but Ben Carson goes on The View, and I need you to hear what took place. He's a really nice guy, isn't he? He really he is. is a nice guy. Gentle guy. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, this... You got to understand this, the timing of this. This portion of the view that you're about to listen to took place after they were corrected by Rick Santorum took place after the butcher was before the Congressional Oversight Committee this took place after unbelievable here we go one of the other quotes that we've sort of gotten from the research is that uh, you sort of feel that there is not actually a war on women but there may be a war on 
what's inside of women? Is that, what that accurate? Mean? Yeah, is that... the babies. I mean, we're killing oh. babies all over the place. And Amen. You know, we should be, I, I think people can probably understand, in my case, I spent my entire career trying to preserve life. Hey, just, give... just, just real fast. Um, isn't it great, That's great. that now the political dialogue that takes place, fi- people are finally getting the stones to yeah. say killing, killing the, the man baby. Parts. It, it, right. People are actually being brave enough yeah. to say you're, we're killing babies. I wonder if there's any Roman Catholics who hear that and go, oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's turning people away by using that language. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to say the truth. Yeah, we, do don't we? Want to, we don't want to offend anybody. So I am very, very um, happy that at the GOP debate, they had um, a discussion on abortion, and it was the dude from New Jersey, um, Chris, Christie. Chris Christie, that said murder. And now you have on the view, we're talking about killing babies. Guys, we're, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. That's we're, also important, too. I think, you know, we saw it with, like, Trevor Noah and and uh, and what's, what's Seth Myers, both on oh, their late night yeah. shows, had uh, the, the discussion on the Planned Parenthood stuff. And I, I, me and Jeff were making, we were watching it and we were like, man, they're really on the defense now. There you go. Like, like mm. the, the, the tides Good. have turned, like we're on the offense now, like we're running this, we're running this thing and they're on the defense trying to, you know, fix, they're like doing the fixer stuff. Like, yeah. you know, so well, people are just encouraging. They're trying to cover their consciences. They don't want to be pricked. Everybody right. knows it's a baby and it's finally being talked about right. like that. Yes, and so what's really cool there is that you'll notice something, guys. What did not take place when Ben Carson said we're killing babies? No response. Right. No, they didn't okay? respond So to that. when the pro-life movement for the last 40 years has tried to do things like talking about the health of the mother, the sanitary mm-hmm. conditions of a Planned Parenthood, an abortion facility, look, that gives them an opportunity to respond. What happened when the guy from Oklahoma right. said to, see, to, to the butcher... Um, we're not going to be able to escape the accountability before our creator if we're killing these babies. She said nothing. nothing. Right. No comment, nothing yeah. back. Yeah. And then when on The View, he says killing babies, nothing. You cannot argue right. with that. So guys, keep pushing that. Yeah, that's the language. That's the language we use. That's that's what we put out as Christians. Stop killing our babies. Stop killing our babies. Because that's the context you can bring the gospel into. You can actually communicate with women who have had abortions. You can communicate the gospel to them because you call it what it is mm-hmm. and they can actually hear it and be convicted and turn to Christ and be washed and freed and cleansed but you can also in the culture begin to do damage with the gospel and talk about Christ and his lordship and authority when you actually call it killing babies okay thank you Luke and I was going to say this too before I play this if you're listening to this if you get a chance to watch a video just watch Raven Simone the whole time <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I listened to it while yeah, I was driving, right. and I got here, and you guys told me you got to see her you face, watch, and I watched it again. I was like, rolling Whoa. her eyes yeah. and everything. She doesn't Carson say much, says. but her body language is yeah. phenomenal. It sure does. Go All ahead. right, people, quality of life, even operating on babies in the womb, mm-hmm. operating all night long sometimes on premature babies, and I get to meet those people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they're adults and productive adults. There is no way you can convince me that they're not important. That they're just a mass of so cells so and that Dr. you can do ben, anything. I, I just woo. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They don't really comment on that, do no. they? I like, don't have nothing to say there. No, she yeah. just switches the subject. Yeah, yeah. I can't get to say meet these people. Yeah. yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Like that. What? A, what an amazing thing right there. Yeah, that here, was awesome. Here's my not good for radio Raymond Simone impression. 
He's rolling my eyes. He's rolling his eyes. Okay, I just had to say how exciting that was to hear that. That was really awesome. I want to say, I want to ask you this. Have you met with the women who have to make these horrendous decisions when they have to make them of whether or not they can bring a child? Okay. Stop. Because first of all, let's remember these women are not victims. The only decision, horrendous decision, is being made whether or not to murder the baby. Mm. Let's remember that. Mm-hmm. And can we... What does that word mean, horrendous? Let's, let's, like, let's talk about this. This is important. This is important. And can I just say this from an apologetics standpoint? Pay attention to moments like that. It's very important not to let it slip past because it's an emotional appeal Mm -hmm. that isn't grounded in anything from her perspective. Because listen, listen, please take this in for a second. When Whoopi Goldberg says this horrendous decision, she just gave it away. Can I I read the Mm -hmm. definition for horrendous? Sure, sure. Sure. It's extremely unpleasant, horrifying, or terrible. Okay, so watch this, watch this. The debate was over right there on abortion for Whoopi Goldberg. The debate's over. Yeah. She gave everything away right there when she said horrendous decision. Because yeah, watch exactly. this. Why is it a horrendous decision? Is right. it a baby? Mm-hmm. Is it murder? Is it a mom killing her baby? Well, because it makes a mom sad. Okay, right. <laughs> She's sad for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, so this is important because when, when you pay attention, I would say this, watch. That's an opportunity to leap with the gospel. Because when Whoopi Goldberg says right. this horrendous decision, she has now taken it out of the language of safe and legal abortion and women's reproductive rights and reproductive health. And she's now admitted as an image bearer of God, this, not, this ought not to be. Mm. Right. And so she says horrendous decision. That's where we say, excuse me, why is this reproductive rights issue right. a horrendous decision? Is it a baby? doesn't have value and dignity and worth. Why is it hard? Because watch this. Nobody says about wart removal. Right. You know, the woman has to make this horrendous decision to right. remove the wart. Right. Because it's not a horrendous decision. It just right. needs to be done. Wait, what'd you say that, what, what were you saying the other day that women do with like a file on their like feet? Right. Like they're removing cells yeah, from their feet. Yeah, removing cells from their feet. Yeah. No yeah. one complains about that, yeah, right? Was, how terrible and horrendous that decision yeah, no to remove cells from it. your body. Yeah, it's not, it's not right. horrendous. Yeah. But when you say it's horrendous, you have now, watch, what do I say all the time? I say, you know, we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Well, actually, Paul said that, but we suppress the truth and unrighteousness, and we say that that's like holding down the truth. It's like whack-a-mole, right? Those moles pop up, and you have to knock them down constantly. The image bearer of God is constantly in a lifelong pursuit of suppressing the truth, and it's like whack-a-mole. You're whacking it down here. Image of God comes up. Whacking it down here. Image of God comes up. But there's something you're going to miss. In a game of whack-a-mole, you'll miss three or four. Yeah, perpetuating a lie is hard to keep track of all the pieces that are there. So that was a moment right there, Mm. exactly, where that popped up. Image of God, popped up. There it was. Came up for a moment and went back down. Okay? Mm. Horrendous decision, only if it's a baby, only Mm. if it's murder. You'll notice, too, as we play this, that she she starts off with a kind of a broad, well, have you met any of these women? And then... As uh, Ben Carson gives his response, she keeps like narrowing it and narrowing it and narrowing, like pigeonholing into like this one little tiny group of small percentage of women. And I got to give respect where respect is due and honor where honor is due. And I want to say that Whoopi Goldberg, for the first time that I've personally seen, just myself, and I don't watch it all the time. I never watch it, but I, I see <laughs> Let's just be honest. Hey, first time I've ever seen Whoopi Goldberg actually treat a guest that she disagrees with with such a yeah. high level of respect yeah. and humility. That's true. true. So kudos to her. Right out into the world. I mean, we talk about bringing children into the world all the time, but periodically, some women feel, 
I, I just can't. And are you empathetic to them? Because we I'm just had empathetic. a... Oh, good. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go very ahead. empathetic. And, and what I have said is that this is a job for us in the private sector. What we need to do is make sure that we provide adequate daycare centers for these uh, mothers so that they can get their GED, their associate's but degree, wait, their wait, bachelor's degree, But wait, you're assuming that these are mothers who aren't, in, who aren't educated. I mean, these, well, I'm talking about I'm women talking about who make that... I'm talking about most of them. Most, I don't know that you can... I, no. now, let, me, let me tell you, uh, let me tell you a fact. Let me tell you a fact. <laughs> the fact is, a lot of those young <laughs> girls who are having babies out of wedlock, when they have that We're first baby, they stop their education. And that child is four times as likely to grow up in poverty. We as a society have an obligation to do what's necessary to stop that cycle from occurring. So how important is birth control then to the Republican Party? They should be out there really applauding Planned Parenthood for supplying birth control, mammograms, and everything. Ah! <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> There's the mammogram uh, line. Oh my goodness. Oh my it's goodness. It's so much fun to hear them say that word <laughs> yeah. now, right? Because it's like, <laughs> you're delusional. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand why it cannot get through, even with the butcher saying, we have never provided mammograms and never said we did, which is a lie, but she says it and they still can't get it. Um, so there you go. Uh, I think uh, it's good for us uh, um, and I'm just encouraged by this. So I want to tell you guys about my encouragement. Um, I'm encouraged by the fact that the national dialogue has, is now moving over to the, to, the, to the line to start calling abortion what it is, killing a baby. We call it murder. That's, that's guys, that's the hope we have in being able to communicate the gospel to people who have had abortions and to be able to change uh, the way people think about abortion because but what the truth is is that um, the left and liberals and those who are secularists and atheists and everybody who believes, anybody who believes in killing a baby has over the last couple of decades um, controlled the conversation by means of a trick. Mm. And the trick is, is to is to call circle squares, right? It's to change the way that we say it and think about it. And so they say things like reproductive health. And they see things about, like, the rights of the mother. But now we're finally getting to a place where we have enough courage to say, no, this is killing a baby, mm -hmm. and it must stop. And notice that when you talk about abortion in that way, there is no coherent response from the other side. It's just silence. Mm -hmm. And that's what we got to push on. Yeah. We have to stop with these political organizations that constantly try to attack the issue of abortion with things like um, the cleanliness of the abortion facility, yeah. the um, health of the mother, which we, of course we want, we don't want anyone to die, but um, particularly the babies. We've got to actually now address the issue like the Bible does. Call it murder. How would the, here's a question you ask yourself. How would Jesus and the Apostle Paul and Peter and John, how would they talk about abortion in the first century? What would they say? Would they talk about the health of the mother? Would they talk about the cleanliness of the abortion facilities? Or would they just say, stop killing your babies, repent of your sin, and come to me for life? I think we know what the answer to that is. Mm. <laughs> right? So, all right, guys, we have more to do. Be right back, guys. Apology Radio. We're going to talk about a bunch of cool stuff. Stay with us. Excited for you guys to hear um, all these clips. It's going to be awesome. Be right back. 
Hi, I'm Les. And I'm Tanner. And we're the hosts of the Reformed Pubcast. A weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about the things that they love. It's like all those times you talked about theology over a pint of beer with your friends, but we're just dumb enough to record it. It's the theology of Calvin and the thirst of Luther. Join in on the conversation by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the Reformed Pubcast. Ginger, the bear, the lady. Okay, let's have some fun. We had we played some clips from uh, Brian Regan last week. People really liked. Yeah, they really I liked, liked it. We got a lot of good feedback. Yeah, a lot of got a lot of good feedback. So we're gonna play another one. A uh, little clip. This is uh, Brian Regan talking about uh, uh, airplane stuff, airline stuff. Oh goodness, I love it. It's hilarious. And and uh, this one in particular was funny because I've I've actually flown a, a lot, a lot in my life, and so uh, this was this was great stuff. Yeah, I flew here. How come the first class people just, they can just get on whenever they want? I've always hated that. First class people, board at your leisure. Take your time, first class people. Mm. <laughs> Coach people, no, wait, sit, sit, scuzz. Wait, little piggies. <laughs> so when you do get on, the first class people, they're already sitting there. They're all sprawled out in their big thrones. Bring me the head of a pig. (laughs) And a goblet of something cool and refreshing. Anyone have a fiddle? Make someone from Coach fiddle for me. Amuse me. They have fiddles in the overhead racks up there. You're not allowed to even use their bathrooms. The bathrooms up front are for our first-class passengers. The coach bathrooms are located at Newark Airport. (laughs) Concourse C. Concourse C, ladies and gentlemen. So when you do board, the first-class people, they're sitting there. A lot of them are working as you're boarding. They have computers out and calculators. They're looking up at you like, hey, we're making money right now. (laughs) Right now we're making money. Go, get in the back. (laughs) Close that curtain. I don't want to see it. (laughs) Even in my peripheral. (laughs) Snap it. Snap it shut. (laughs) What's the matter with us? They got to cover us up with a tarp. (laughs) You go in the back, everybody has coloring books. Hey, come here! Where was you? Where was you at? You're in the middle, and there's nine of us, and you're in the middle, and we have all the armrests, so you gotta sit like this. You gotta figure out a way to eat your snack while your elbows are touching. You gotta learn how to twist your little plastic utensil. <laughs> oh man, Brian Regan, folks. Brian Regan, R E G A N. Good stuff. All right, so uh, so let's switch now uh, things up a bit. We're going to talk about um, 
Gun violence, uh, gun deaths. Uh, this is an important uh, subject to have because um, because we care um, a lot and have a basis to care about the people who lose their lives um, at the hands of murderers. Um, and so it's important because this really does... I mean, all of life comes down to a question of ultimates. Like, when you believe something, it's a question of ultimates. Who says? By what authority? Um... Is that true? Is that just your personal preference? Is it just what you like or what you think? And so this question is a question about morality. It really is. Um, Gun rights, gun laws, uh, people being murdered, uh, mass shootings. That's a question about ethics. And an ethical question really is a biblical question. It's a question about God. It's a question about his word. It's a question about us. So let me just start by saying this at the beginning. When we talk about the right to own a weapon for self-defense. I don't want to diminish the awful circumstances we find ourselves in when we think about, over the last couple of years even, all of the mass shootings. It's an awful thing to think about people being murdered, uh, little kids being murdered at the hands of evil, evil men. Um, It's an awful thing. And But here's the thing. We have to be able to pull back from the emotions for long enough to think about, well, what is true about this? What's true about the nature of the person that committed such an awful act? And how do we actually move forward in a way that honors God is sane and biblical? And so we're going to do that. We're going to talk about the shooting that just occurred in Oregon. Um, And I think the best thing to do is to play this clip to begin with, because I think it actually is important to talk about too... um, Oh, goodness. Uh, the the thing that happened at the Oregon uh, Community College, um, there were Christians, people who are professing Christians that were slaughtered. And, it, and it's interesting because th- this is not being portrayed by the media, um, I think, in a way that other things would be. Like, for example, if somebody went into a, a, a college and said, all the Muslims stand up. And they started killing all the Muslims because they're Muslim. Mm -hmm. I think that the president would speak about it in a very different way. Mm. I think that the news organizations would speak about it in a much different way. It's almost like the fact that there were Christians killed in this thing um, just because they were Christian. It's almost like it doesn't matter. Right. It it just doesn't matter. Like Mm. it's not a big deal that Christians were singled out and killed. Well, here is the testimony uh, about what happened in Oregon with the Christians. Father and brother of one of the victims, an 18-year-old. Uh, her name is Anna Boylan. It was her fourth day of school at Community College, and she w- says that she, before she went to surgery, told her father and brother that she was sitting in class like she normally does. The gunman came in with his gun blazing. Here's what she told her father and brother. Sociologist, the gentleman was systematically. He came in, right? He came in, and and there were gunfire immediately and scattered the room, got everyone's attention. Uh, He, from what I understood, what she said is, is he shot the professor, uh, point blank, right? One shot killed him, took him right out of it, and uh, others had been injured, and then he, he, this man had enough time I don't know how much time elapsed before he was able to stand there and start asking people one by one what their religion was 
are you a Christian? He would ask them. And if you're a Christian, stand up. And they would stand up and he said, good, because you're a Christian, you're going to see God in just about one second. Mm. And then he shot and killed them. And he kept going down the line doing this to people. And how much time do you need? You know, and, and, and she said he had a handgun. It wasn't a big rifle, assault rifle, or anything like this. This was a single handgun that he had enough ammunition and enough time to drop the magazine out of it, put another one in, and continue his thing. How does how hmm. how does he have that much time at a at a facility? I mean, Dad, you're uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't understand that. How he could have that much time to 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 kill that many people? Well, I can answer that. <clears throat> gun-free zone. It's a gun-free zone. Uh-huh. Yeah, gun-free zones kill people, unfortunately. You'll notice that, um, well, a couple things. Uh, it's against the law uh, to kill people. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. Okay, unless there's a baby in the womb. That's, well, unless there's a baby in the womb. Okay, it's against the law to kill people. Um, and this man didn't obey that law. Um, it was against the law to bring a gun on campus. And this man didn't obey that law. So I'm going to say at the outset, when this um, grieved father uh, is talking about, I don't know how I had that much time, I want to answer that uh, with a lot of gentleness and also a a feeling for the man. The reason he had that much time is because it was a gun-free zone and nobody else was armed in that classroom. Um, I'm armed right now. As am I. I, Yeah, I'm doing this show um, and I... Uh, listen, I, I don't I don't have my gun as an idol. It really isn't, but it's an equalizer. Um, we are we ourselves are involved in some pretty um, risky ministry and the things that we do, and so we recognize the fact that there might be somebody, a sinful person, that wants uh, to harm us, and so we have. Um, an equalizer. We have the ability to protect ourselves, not to go and hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt a soul, but to, to protect ourselves and those that we love. And so it just has to be pointed out that the man broke the law about killing people. That's against the law. He broke the gun-free zone law. And if people would have been armed, if, if law-abiding people, righteous kind of people, would have had the ability to have guns on that campus, this man's shooting spree would not have lasted very long. I mean, we could have a show where we just go through examples of crimes that were stopped, mm. mass shootings that were stopped as a result of armed citizens. Yeah. And what amazes me is you think about all the places that have guns. We, we protect our leaders with guns, our presidents, our congressmen. We protect people at sporting events. We protect uh, jewelry stores. But yet schools, for some reason, our greatest asset in our country is our children. And we do not protect them. Mm. Um, well, I said this. I said this with Bridger. I said, well, we send our kids to school to get educated, to be raised. And now, you know, we uh, expect the government to do the protection of our children, too. And so that's why we don't allow, you know, guns in schools. Right. Um, The president came out and he spoke while the bodies were still warm. While the bodies were still warm, he came out and gave a, a, a public address on what had taken place in Oregon. I mean, this was within a matter of hours and he immediately started pushing uh, for his um, agenda gun restriction laws. And th- th- that was shameful. Mm. It-, it was shameful to use that moment 
of grief um, as an opportunity to push your agenda. And so I want to say something else, too. When we talk about these restrictions, uh, gun-free zones, you know what's not a gun-free zone? Our president's kids. School. Mm. Their school is not a gun-free zone because guess what? Our president, his children are protected by people with guns. Mm -hmm. And what doesn't take place usually in our nation is our children that are in these public schools are not protected by adults with guns. Hmm. Why is that? Why, why, why is it that our president believes that his children should be protected by guns, but everybody else's children should not be protected by guns? Why do you think that is? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that what I think it is? I think Luke? it is. It is. Is that what I think it is? Uh, it is. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, think, I think that was just the gospel train that, wa- that, that went through. Was that the gospel train? It is the gospel train. The gospel train, y'all. Did you guys hear it? That was that was God ordained. I wonder, I wonder if our listeners heard the rumble of the gospel train. Sure they did. We have a gospel train that drives past us. Sometimes we're doing the show. Well, you know the gospel train is coming. Yeah, it's coming round the bend. All right, guys. You know quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna listen to a little bit of our president's address. Um, right after the shootings, shooting in Oregon. And then we're going to go on to a few more things, biblical basis for gun rights, and try to equip you with some verses and do some more stuff. Very excited to let you guys hear these verses and what our president had to say. Be right back. Oh, well, the gospel train is coming. It's coming into sight. You better get your What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. Preach. <laughs> All right. So, a uh, lot, lot to talk about. We're going to try to kind of give you a, a dump of information that I hope is, is helpful. Um, when you think about uh, other nations and what they've done in restricting guns or banning guns and what have you, that sounds like we solved the problem, right? 
we solved the problem by getting rid of the guns. But the problem is, is the numbers don't actually testify to that truth. Because what you do see is in the nations that have actually banned guns or guns or heavily restricted guns, that you have violent crimes that actually still occur, sometimes to a greater degree, and you still have the problem of fists, knives, hammers, and such. And more people die from fists, knives, and hammers than do from guns in the United States. And selfie sticks. Right? <laughs> so think about that. So, so getting rid of guns doesn't solve the problem of sin in the human heart. And that's what's really wrong, is that it's sin in the human heart that actually is the culprit, is the cause of these violent crimes. Whether it's a knife, whether it's a gun, whether it's a fist, or whether it's a spork. Yeah, can I just say that to the Christians who support gun control... Why would you trust the government of, of the United States that kills 50 million babies with your guns? Mm. Like, you're going to turn over your guns and say, well, the government will protect us. Mm. It's like, why would you trust a government mm. that kills 50 million babies? Like, that's and crazy. It's, and it's not virtuous to be in your home as a man and not be able to protect your family if you have somebody yeah, break in. You're, you're, oh, you heard a lady? Yes, right. You heard a lady? Yeah. You heard that? I heard it. You heard that? Yep, I, I heard, heard that. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the government is, is, is actually not uh, rewarding those who do good, but it's hindering those who do good from loving their neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't love their neighbor if they can't defend them Properly, yeah. Because okay, contextualize that. If somebody was the Christians that were in uh, Oregon and during in the shooting, they couldn't love their neighbor by protecting them because they had no equalizer. Right. They right. couldn't protect people from a sinful, wicked man because they had no equalizer. Right. They That's were right. just victims. They were prey. Right. It no, all it all comes back to loving your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, having the ability to have a weapon is a love your neighbor issue. Yeah. And saying that you take the guns away from the populace and that's going to solve the problem does not comport with the facts. Right. And as a Christian, listen, I'm going to speak to the people that are Christians that say we should have more gun restrictions and ban guns or whatever. I'm, I want to say, listen, you're not thinking about the problem is in the human heart. It's not even consistent with the biblical worldview, with the biblical worldview to say that ban the guns you stop the problem no because it's you you haven't removed the heart of stone right right by taking the gun away you didn't take out the heart of stone it's a gospel issue this whole thing is a gospel issue it's not a gun issue it's a gospel issue i'll give you an example remove the guns right take the guns away do you stop mass killing no how about last year Last year, 2014, knife-wielding attackers killed 29, injure 130 at China train station. Knife-wielding attackers killed 29. It was a mass stabbing. Wow. So if you take away guns, you still have the problem of the human heart. You still got knives. You still got fists. You still got hammers. You still got sticks. You, you don't solve the problem. And, and for a Christian to say, remove the guns, you remove the problem, it, it demonstrates something. You're not thinking critically about what the Bible says about the nature of the human heart. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately corrupt, okay, desperately wicked. Now, um, I, I wanted you to bring some of those stats up, but, sure. I, but real fast, I want to just uh, say, Britain right now it has a, a massive problem with knife attacks, stabbings. Yeah, every four minutes. People using knives. <laughs> Um, again, remove the guns, you got the problem of the knives. How about Chicago? Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws yeah. in the nation, and they are like 
constantly every weekend dealing with the shootings. 50 people a weekend. It's up to 50 people. Are being people. killed by guns yeah. in the place with the most yeah. gun restrictions. And I've been in those neighborhoods and some yeah. of those aren't safe for some me to drive in. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're bad. And some people will go, well, what is the number? Well, actually, we have it here. The number is 50 for every 100,000 people. 53 people are killed. In Chicago. Hmm. Wow. Actually, sorry. No, that was New Orleans. It's 54.6. Okay. It's higher. Wow. Higher in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. And so, so, so uh, the UK um, has these strict gun, uh, gun laws, right? It's a little bit old statistics, but still relevant. Um, the League of Shame on uh, Breitbart talking about uh, how these countries compare to other countries in crime. The UK, number of violent crimes, 1 million... 158,957 number of violent crimes um, a year and rate per 100,000 residents of 2,034 per 100,000 residents. Yikes. Austria comes in number two at 133,546 violent crimes rate per 100,000 1,677 South Africa is at 732,121 with a rate per 100,000 residents of 1,609 now here's the point the UK is number one on this list <laughs> right the top 10 nations of the number of violent crimes guys the United States isn't even on it right and if yeah. you look at the guns like the actual murders because of guns mm-hmm the increased rate, as you were saying, is in cities above 250,000 people. Right. So when you look at, wow, like England, does it, they have a really low gun murder problem. Well, they only have... They don't have any guns. They only why. have 32 <laughs> cities that are above 250,000 people. In America, we have over 100 or more cities that are over 250,000 people. And, so that, that adds to that number. It makes it look like, wow, we got a lot of murders mm-hmm. Because of guns in America, no, we have a lot of bigger cities. Oh, it's yeah. interesting. It's just going to happen. Like it's going to happen. Yeah, you take a city like Plano, Texas. They have like population uh, almost two hundred seventy thousand people, a little bit over two hundred seventy thousand. Guess what their murder rate is? Point four, and they are the most heavily armed city mm-hmm. in our country. Wow. Yeah, Angel, come on down to Plano, Texas. Yeah. Come, on, come on down to Plano, Texas. We'll shoot you good. <laughs> even, their, even their kids are armed with AR-15s. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, girl. Nobody's getting killed. Yeah, we had, um, what's the dude's name we had on like, when we first started? What was Doug it? Giles. No, not Doug Giles. Uh, the other dude that does uh, all the, no, uh, yeah. uh, David Barton. What? No, thinking about it. Yeah, David Barton was on our show before, and okay. he was talking about a story early on in America's history where there was a, uh, a school shooting. Somebody attempted to do a school shooting and they came into the school I think to kill one of the teachers and the children in this school this elementary school were armed they came to school with their guns and they stopped the school shooting because the kids were armed (laughs) so you have to hear this my daughter was telling her the stats this morning about Plano Texas and you know she said Play no attention to the data. Good job, Georgia. Good job, Georgia. That's great. All right, so hey, give us some more statistics. Do you have any more down there? Yeah, what's interesting? Us? So, of course, we have the highest per capita gun ownership. We are at out of 100 people, every 90 people, uh, sorry, out of 100 people, 90 people own a gun. So we are at the top. Good on of, you. Yeah, yeah. Out of 218 uh, reporting nations and territories, we are number one in gun ownership in the world. Now, here's an interesting thing. Guess where we rate as far as murders per capita in the world? Do you think we made the top number one spot? Um, did we? Uh, no. What about number two? 
Uh, maybe number two. Let's take it down to 50. You think we made 50? Whoa. Out Whoa. Of, out of 218. Now, now, we need to make 70. I hate to tell you, we did not make 80. We <laughs> didn't make 90. Let's take it down a little further. Okay. We're not 100. We're actually 111. And you know why that is? Because we have cities that are heavily democratically controlled under hun- heavy gun restriction, like Chicago, that gets factored into that. So cities like Chicago, New Orleans, St. Louis, Baltimore, Newark, or, or uh, Oakland, just to give you a little taste, those all have the murder per capita is like 54.6 out of 100,000. So you're factoring those into... Wow. What what makes us 111? So we would actually be at the bottom of the barrel if we didn't factor in those democratically, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, governed, yeah. you know, with heavy um, gun restriction. Yeah. Rebecca's a really good producer, isn't she? She's excellent. Yeah. Got that stat, I, man. I grew up like right outside of Chicago, but also right I'm sorry. next. <laughs> I actually love the city of Chicago other than those parts. It's not the whole city either. There's yeah. just certain sections. Yeah. Um, and also right next to Gary, Indiana. Mm. So I think it's still still like an ongoing like battle between them every year for like the murder capital of the U.S. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I'm very much aware of. Well, and those do you guys areas know and, what the actual? And I'm sorry to steal your thunder, uh, Ninja. I don't want to. No, 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 um, no. You do the thing. <laughs> no, it's funny because do you know what the number one law is that actually stops these mass shootings? What? <laughs> Conceal carry. And don't and before you throw anything, I'm going to say I actually have a problem with concealed carry. Okay. I do, I do. I know. Don't and, throw and, anything. And you, you got to yeah. say why? Yeah, because I don't really appreciate the fact of having to purchase back from the government my Second Amendment right. Amen. Boom. Preach yeah. it, sister. Whoa. Boom. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Because the Second Amendment is your permit. Correct. And that's, that's why right. I actually really appreciate the state of Arizona has constitutional carry. Which means that you can carry concealed uh-huh. or open. It's constitutional carry. Basically, it's saying to the government, you don't have any rights to tell me whether right. I hide it or carry it open. Amen. Yeah. Okay. And I, w- I will say this. I will say this. In Arizona, there's a general understanding in public places that somebody there is armed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Someone, unless you go to Whole Foods. Yeah, unless you go to Whole Foods, they have a thing. <laughs> hey, don't carry in here. Um, or Starbucks. I, don't carry in here. It's like, yeah, because I, the violent criminal walks up to the door with the gun and goes, ah, oh, shucks. I can't right? go in there. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Let me go back, put this in my vehicle. I'm going to go inside and get some tofu. Dude, do violent criminals really go to Whole Foods anyway? Uh, I mean, not. seriously. <laughs> uh, some, some would say that their prices are violent uh-huh. crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... Uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is an older story, but I think I'd like to say this is the answer. This is the answer. Well, first of all, get your kids out of public school. Okay? That would be something to suggest. Place okay. to start. But if you have your kids in school, let's at least protect them. And it's a Texas school district that arms the teachers and posts warning signs. Uh, it's the Argyle, I hope I'm saying that right, Independent School District in North Texas. And it says, outside of the school, there's a sign. All right? There's a sign. It says, attention. Please be aware that the staff at Argyle ISD are armed and may use whatever force is necessary to protect our students. Now, question. Think about this logically. You've got a killer, a murderer, somebody that Romans 3 describes as no fear of God before their eyes, somebody whose feet are swift to shed blood, right? You got someone like that, and they got two choices in front of them. One is a school that says, well, shoot you. We'll shoot you back. We'll shoot okay. you dead. We'll shoot you back. And the other school says, gun-free zone, we're not armed. Which one 
Pray tell, do you mm. think the shooter is going to go to? The one where he will get shot? Or not shot. Or the one where he will go and know that there is nothing but victims. There I'm, are nothing but, no, nothing but victims. I'm going to say number two. Yeah, he's going to go to the one <laughs> no, where there's just victims. Yeah. Because that's what killers do. They want victims. And when you post gun-free zones and you tell people that are innocent people that they cannot protect themselves with an equalizer, then guess what? You have now created a scenario where those people are just victims. When somebody comes in with a gun, no equalizer, and they are just going to be killed. That's just a matter, the matter of fact. And if you say, well, if we have more gun restrictions and we ban guns or whatever, we'll stop the problem. Guys, I, I can get you a gun by 3 o'clock <laughs> illegally. You, I could you do it. We, we really, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I know where to go. In Phoenix, in South Phoenix, where you can go to where there's drug dealers and pimps on the street and everything else, you can go on the corner. I'll bet you I can go and I can get you a gun by three o'clock illegally. I'll buy a gun that's had its serial number shaved down. I, I'll bet you I could do it. I can do it by three o'clock. But surely more gun laws would take care of that. It wouldn't. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Right? Yeah. There, they, here's my argument to our president. Mr. President, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. How's that working out for you? <laughs> Mr. President, your kids, are they protected by guns? Well, then everybody else's kids should be protected by guns, too. And we're not even done yet. We're going to be back after this break. We're going to talk a little bit more about the biblical arguments for gun ownership and the right to self-defense. We're going to go to the Bible now. We've done a few things talking about different scenarios. We've talked about the logic behind it. We're going to talk now about the ultimate foundation here, and that's the Word of God. That's our standard. Be right back. ApologiaRadio.com. Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. You can get us at ApologiaChurch.com. want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m. And that's Joy Tembe. Hey there. We are a family-integrated church, so we invite you to bring your whole family to worship with us. This is Luke Pearson, the minister bear, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, we are now meeting at a new location and time. 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road and Tempe. We're meeting in the Community Center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at apologiachurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required. (laughs) Glory! sure what that is. Modest Yahoo. They were in, this is one where he had his kids saying the Shema at the beginning. Oh, that's, really that's awesome. awesome. But it takes forever to get to the 
Dude, he was just here. I'm assuming he didn't want to come on our show. Aww. Do we really miss him? Our producer's not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're on the radio right now. Oh, hey. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> you never heard back from Modest? No, I never heard back from Modest. He was right? just here last week. Ah, uh, Fooey. Oh, man. Well. Hong Kong Fooey. I guess he said no. Still love his music. So check it out. Uh, before we get into the biblical discussion about self-defense and guns... Um, let's do a tale of two cities, shall we? Okay. A tale of two cities. Ooh. <laughs> Story fun. time, kids. <laughs> All right, so uh, Chicago, Illinois. And Sweet home, Chicago. Sweet home, Chicago. I was sh- I'm hungry now. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, there's another song. Oh. Blues so, Brothers. All right. Chicago, Illinois versus Houston, Texas. Sausage. Yes. Versus, I don't know what they're doing. Armadillas. Armadillas. I don't know. Versus grilled armadillo. The Alamo. <laughs> Sausages versus the Alamo. What in the Sam Houston is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the population between these two cities, comparison, 2.7 million in Chicago versus 2.15 million in Houston. Uh, median household income. Uh, Chicago is 38,600. Houston, 37,000. Uh, percentage of African American, 38%. Uh, Houston, 24%. Hispanic, 29.9%. Houston, 44%. Asian, 5.5. Uh, Chicago, Houston, 6. Uh, white, non Hispanic, 28.7 in Chicago. Houston, 26. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, Concealed gun carry law? Yeah. <laughs> That's my question mark. Huh? <laughs> no. Houston, yes. Number of gun stores in Chicago. Luke, how many do you think? Zero. Zero. In Houston, 184. Uh, dag. Dedicated gun stores plus 1,500 legal places to buy guns, Walmart, Kmart, sporting goods, etc. I wonder like what falls into that category and there's like little places beside the road they sell oranges or shotguns. We got a fried armadillo, oranges, and, and a pistol. <laughs> and this pistol. Bullets <laughs> are us. Some, bo- and, some Bowie knives. And this pistol. Um, all right, so you got the comparison, Tale of Two Cities. Homicides. Homicides. 2012. Little old statistic, but I think relevant. Homicides in 2012, Chicago, Illinois, 1,806 homicides. Terrible. Houston, Texas. Ready? They got a lot more guns. Gun stores. That's a whole lot. One city, 1,500 additional places besides 184 dedicated. They certainly like their guns in Houston. I would think with that amount of with a gun store, I think you would have more, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it has there to should be. More death, yes. more violence, blood all over the place, flooding the rivers of Texas. Okay. <laughs> that was violent. 207. 207 homicides, 2012, uh-huh. versus 1,806 homicides per 100,000, 38.4 in Chicago. 9.6 in Houston. I was wrong. I yield. Now, ready? <laughs> you yield. The average January high temperature in Chicago 
is 31. That's the average? That doesn't include the wind chill. Right. And the and Houston is 63. So the weather is the problem? Is that Pro- what it it's is? It's really cold and it's just making people angry. That's what it's, <laughs> yeah. Cold weather right. means more murder. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, so, that's the conclusion. I can, I can kind of vouch for that. You, yeah. You were there. I can vouch for that. I was in Chicago. You, you wanted to murder me. Yes. It was really cold. I was angry. Um, and I was in your parents' basement with about five or six shirts on, four or five different pairs of pants. Wow. Several blankets. And personal Luke, heater. Personal heater. Personal heater. And Luke was in a bed wearing just his shorts with a fan yep. also blowing on him. Man, with no blankets. Yeah, but you guys are making me homesick. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what I, happened. It was interesting. Yep. All right. So there's just another example, classic example, how these gun laws do not stop people from using guns. They don't stop murders. As a matter of fact, you have a tale of two cities, a great statistical example of that's just, just not, simply not true. Chicago has extremely. Um, uh, strong uh, gun laws, and um, but do the, the statistics matter? They really, they do in this case. I mean, well, I know, but like we, but the, the ultimate thing is that the Bible says, yeah, you have the right to defend yourself and your family. Like and that's that's, where, that's what we're getting like, to right cares? now. Even if the numbers were skewed the other way, that's what the Bible says. Yeah, peripheral. Yeah, these different um, examples demonstrate that the problem goes deeper. Okay. Yeah, no, that's true. So let's talk about the deeper problem. And uh, Luke, I'm going to place them here right now. This is uh, President Obama visibly upset, responds to Oregon shooting. This is uh, him hours after the shooting while the bodies were still warm. And this gets to us addressing um, the problem, the real problem, biblically speaking. And I said a few months before that, and I said each time we see one of these mass shootings, our thoughts and prayers are not enough. It's not enough. It does not capture the heartache and grief and anger that we should feel. And it does nothing to prevent this carnage from being inflicted someplace else in America. Next week. Or a couple of months from now. We don't yet know why this individual did what he did. And it's fair to say that anybody who does this has a sickness in their minds. Okay. There it is. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. All right. First thing is that it's improper from a a biblical perspective to ask the question, why did you do that? In the Bible, it's not, why did you do that? It's, what did you do? Do you see the difference? Right. So like, for example, if your kids sin, the wrong thing to say to your children when your kids yeah. sin is, why did you do that? It's, what did you do? Right. Okay? When, when, when we confront these issues, it's not why, because there's no reason why. A coherent reason why somebody would murder people like this. It's, what did you do? You're guilty. No excuses. No wrapping it up in explanation. What did you do 
you're guilty. Yeah, we already know why yeah. people did yeah. induce the sin. Yeah. It's because they're sinners. Yeah, and that goes beyond his explanation. <laughs> right. The fundamental reason right. is because you're a sinner. Right. Not because you're sick in the head. Yeah. Romans chapter 3. We're all sick in the head. Yes. Romans 3 actually <laughs> says. Especially you, Luke. Yes. <laughs> their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. That's a description. So if you want to know, like, anthropology. Yeah. Like, the nature of mankind. Why did the guy do it? Because he was lost. He didn't know the Lord. His heart was a heart of stone. His feet were swift to shed blood. And there was no fear of God in his eyes. He right. wasn't righteous. He wasn't good. He was a non-God seeker. He needed Christ. And going back to what you said, the Bible doesn't prevent uh, crimes. Uh, the, the, the Bible doesn't prevent... Uh, the Pun- things that cause crimes that, that might be a it crime punishes crimes. Yeah. Yes, so like guns are not illegal according to biblical law, but killing somebody is, and you just punish that. If you just yeah. punish the crime mm-hmm. and not create a minority report government that tries to prevent crime before it happens, that's freedom by, in the by, law. By prevention, that's what it is. No, that's no, what it is. Good. So, yeah. so our government, for example. Um, and we can like debate the, the specifics of this. So, like drinking and driving, for example, that would not be illegal. However, if you kill somebody while drinking and driving, or you damage someone's property, that's where the crime comes in. It's always the crime that's punished, not creating systems of laws, mm. minority report wise, that right. prevents crime before it happens. That's not biblical law, and that's why there's freedom in God's law. It's a really free government because you can really you really have freedom just to do stuff uh, while taking in, um, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, self-government. So like you have the ability to govern yourself and to govern your neighbors without the government like, you know, mm. pulling you over because right. you don't have registration on your car. Right. Mm. Well, it could be, it could be argued that the passage of the parapet around the roof of the house is for the preservation of life, the commandment against you should right. not kill. That's true. So you could have a law that says... You establish guardrails, but you watch. You don't. There's no punishment. What if you don't? That, that, see, that's that the thing, right? So, yeah. So, if you have guardrails around your house, there's yeah. not a fine for not having guardrails, right? You just, just severe punishment. There's severe punishment if somebody falls off your roof, or you know, yeah. in Arizona, there's gates around pools. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's the same right. principle. Yeah. So, but the government isn't going to come and inspect your house. To make sure that it's zoning laws are, yeah. you know, clear and stuff like that. It, it just, look, if, if you neglect the upkeep of your property in a way that isn't safe or loving for your neighbors, you're going to be punished if your neighbors are harmed by your delinquents. Yeah. Yeah. You and in and, and, and Ecclesiastes chapter 8... Uh, talks about how people's hearts are emboldened to do evil because justice is not executed swiftly. So in a society we live in today where people um, recognize that like, there's, a, there's a lot of killing and a lot of people who are going in and out of jail constantly, the answer is not more legislation. The answer is justice. Mm-hmm. If you give to rapists the just penalty for what they've actually done, from the civil magistrate's perspective, people, believe me, are less apt to rape because of the consequences. When they know they're going to get three hots in a cot and get out in a matter of months, it's much easier for them to be emboldened to do evil and wickedness. And if we begin to give just penalties, 
from the perspective of the civil magistrate that are in accordance with God's law, you will see, you will see a change in how people's hearts are no longer as emboldened to do evil. And by the way, that's in the Bible. <laughs> that's what the Bible right. says. And um, we gotta, I think we got to listen to that. And so let's do what Marcus said, and let's deal with the fundamental issues and the biblical issues. And I want to say this. We don't want to call people sick. It's right. wickedness. Right. It's mm-hmm. evil. Call it evil. Yeah. Call it wickedness. Call it sin. It's not just simply a sickness. Because watch this. If you simply say that these people have mental health issues, it's a mental health issue, well, then now you've given them an excuse. And guess what? They're not guilty. Right. That's true. They're not guilty any longer. It's what did they do and then punish for that. When you start saying, well, why did you do that? What motivated you for that? Oh, and you have a mental illness. (laughs) You begin to give people passes. If Listen, I don't give punishment to my children for something that is some that is a sickness of theirs. Right. Because they're, they're not responsible for a sickness. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so when you say he's sick, he has a mental illness. No. He right. murdered people. And right. if he was to live, he deserved to go before the civil magistrate and have his life taken because God commands it. Mm. If yeah. you take another image bearer's life, you deserve to you deserve to have your life taken and you forfeit your right to live. Yeah, and according to an evolutionary worldview, I mean, he's just survival of the fittest, right? He's acting he's, out his yeah, biological hey, responses. Yeah, less food for to share. Yeah, you know, he is just yeah. firing biochemical responses. He ended other random results of evolution. Yeah. There is no complaint. And how can you how can you say that evolution wise he's he's doing something that's immoral when he's just hasn't won? You can't like, say from just, evolutionary perspective. Just, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, he just he died so. During during the course of it, he died. Therefore, he's that's wrong. That's no justice not, ahead of him. Yeah, that's not that's not a good argument. Yeah, there's no justice ahead of him. And besides, for from his perspective, he wanted to do what he did. Nobody's in charge of him in atheism. All right, I'm going to highly recommend you guys pick up a copy of Dr. Greg Bonson's debate on gun control. Um, if you Google that joint, is he a sponsor? Bonson? Yeah, he might as well be. <laughs> if he were alive. I mean, um, I mean, if he were alive, he'd be on this show. Wow, that's a lot of free advertising you, yep. you just give out all the time. Yeah, so Dr. Bonson, <laughs> gun control, MP3, Google that Google that joint. Um, check it out. It's a good, good, good debate. Okay, this is from contra-mundum.org. It's a review of the debate on gun control between Dr. Bonson and another guy, I don't see his name in here, I forget it, forgive me for that. Um, but Dr. Bonson, in the debate, I'm going to read from page two of this, it says, Having proposed the pragmatic reasons against gun control, he then takes us directly to the Word of God as his ultimate authority on this matter. He mentions Exodus 22, 2, killing a thief, found breaking and entering. Judges 15, the story of Samson killing many Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. Luke eleven twenty one, when a strong man, I don't know why I felt the need to say it like that. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. Nehemiah 4, the builders of the wall arm themselves. Luke twenty two thirty six, where Jesus told his disciples to buy a sword. Bonson's point is that there is an abundance of scriptures which speak to the issue of self-protection. Rather than being vague and imprecise, God and his word has spoken quite clearly on the subject, obviously, of self-defense and even... Weapons. Mm. What's a weapon? Mm. An equalizer. It's an equalizer. 
Somebody comes in to attack me. I'm not ready for it. It's an equalizer. A large man attacks a woman. She needs an equalizer. Shame on politicians for take, trying to take guns away from women. What, yeah. if, what if two men come in to attack a woman? He's let her get raped? He's let her get destroyed? She, she has a right to any weapon. What, what if a gang in South Phoenix, people that come to do home invasions, which happens... Six guys come to break in a house with a woman who's there by herself. Or my kids. I, I live in South Phoenix. What if we have six guys that break in my house with weapons, and it's just my 16-year-old and my 15-year-old in the house? Yeah. You know what my son needs? He needs my AR-15 with a 30-round clip. Do you really want Sage? Yeah, he knows how to shoot that thing. He's good at it. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I haven't thought much about, you know, having a gun. But ever since I got this flat screen TV in my house, I'm thinking like, I really need some sort of protection here. Mar- I'm single, so I don't think about it much. Mar- for the gun. Mar- but suddenly like, it's like, my baby. I have I a baby <laughs> that I don't want to be taking, taken, forcefully removed from my home. I, I, you know, how do I love this television neighbor of mine? Enough to protect it. You're so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just call me stupid? He made me a single guy. That's all I got. You know, he made that's me all help I got, him yeah. carry the TV yeah. in his house at night with a blanket over it. Yeah, so that's no right. One uh, what it that's was. right. Yeah. You guys, it looked yeah. like criminals yeah. running. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, their interrogatory portion of the debate proved to be an interesting exchange. Listen to this. Dr. Atwood, there's his name, asked Dr. Bonson about the reformed understanding of the Sixth Commandment. Now watch this. You're going to love this. Okay. You will love this, okay. Presby. All right. Bonson responded sure by going to the Westminster Larger Catechism. Hey! Questions 134 to 136. And pointing out that the reformed understanding calls for two things, the preservation of innocent life and the punishment of evildoers. The answer to question 135, and I'm sure you have this memorized, Marcus, to question 135 reads, in part, the duties required in the Sixth Commandment are... Avoiding all occasions, temptations, all occasions, temptations, and practices, and practices which tend to the unjust, which taking, tend to away the unjust of life, taking away of life of any, of any by just defense, by just defense, therefore against violence, therefore against violence. Watch this. Likewise, question one thirty six refers to necessary defense as an exception to the rule of the preservation of life at all costs. You catch that? All costs. Yep. Got it. Memorize now, completely. Now watch, watch this. Um. Restitution and the death penalty have been replaced by extensive car incarceration. That's in our day. Right? That's true. Restitution and the death penalty have been replaced by extensive incarceration. And consequently, innocent parties are paying twice for the crime. Once at the hands of the criminal and once at the hands of the supposedly benevolent penal system. Now watch this. He quotes Rush Dooney here. Regarding the right of self-protection in this context, R.J. Rush Dooney has observed, this is powerful, since one form of biblical restitution was the right of self-defense, the right under circum- certain circumstances to kill the aggressor or thief, the increasing limitation of the right of the injured to protect himself means means that we are returning to barbarism without the protection barbarism involved, i.e. freedom to defend oneself. Did you catch that? When you abandon biblical law, the biblical right to self-defense... It says, or Barstuni says, that that leads to a society of barbarism. Because no one can protect themselves. Is it like guys that cut hair? No one's, yeah. No one's allowed to have weapons to protect themselves, and you create a society of barbarism. Very good. Well, no, it, seriously, though, that's what you're left with, is I got to use my scissors 
I'm gonna use these scissors to stab a fool. Razor blades. Like Great Britain, just use knives four times a day. And so you create whole martial arts systems based off the scissors. (laughs) (laughs) That's scary. You go to karate school and it's just like one, here, two, clip. Three slice. <laughs> what was that? What was that movie Johnny Depp was in? He was oh, a, Edward Scissorhands. Edward, no, not that one. Oh, the, no. the other one where he was a barber. <laughs> I was with you. That's exactly why. He was Wasn't a barber. Hands? He was barber and he was like oh, murder people. Oh, uh, the something something on something street. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So talk about uh, Nightmare on 21 Jump Street. No. <laughs> <laughs> so like multitasking, you were talking about it earlier. You could give a haircut and defend yourself at the same time. Amen. <laughs> what, what? All right, quickly, let's end this episode with touching this. Somebody will say, and I can hear it. I hear it in the background. I can hear it. They're saying, but guys, doesn't Jesus tell us to turn the other cheek? cheek? Doesn't that mean if somebody strikes you on your cheek? That you are to turn to them the other? Shouldn't that exist in the home too? If they bust in, turn the other cheek? I would say we need to learn to read our Bibles. We need to learn to read our Bibles. We need to learn proper rules of biblical hermeneutics. How do we read our Bibles? Take it to the passage. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says in verse 40. uh, No, sorry. Verse 39. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. People say that means, hey, just take a beating for Jesus, right? Take a beating for Jesus. The problem is in the details. Jesus says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, notice the specificity there of the right cheek. Think about this. The Hebrew culture was an, a right-handed culture. So when Jesus specifies, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek how would you in a right-handed culture slap somebody on the right cheek think about it they're standing in front of you the right cheek is on your left how do you smack them on the right cheek with your right hand well you'd have to do a backhanded slap so jesus is in context talking about the backhanded slap right so if you think about that in today's context it'd be like somebody just insulting you giving you the backhanded slap spitting on you, calling you names, calling you whatever. We get that at the, we, listen, we get that at the abortion clinic all the time. That's true. People will insult us. They give us a backhanded slap every day we're there. So Jesus says, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turns him to the other, how would you get that slap into their face? You would hit, do the backhanded slap with the right hand. So Jesus is saying, if somebody gives you the backhanded slap, somebody gives you that insult, you're to turn the other cheek. You don't retaliate. Jesus could not, in this text, be subverting the law and the prophets. It says in Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 19, Men amasete, do not even begin to think that I have come to destroy or abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to destroy or abolish, but to fulfill. So Jesus could not be saying a few verses earlier, that he's not come to abolish it, and then turn around and abolish the law and the prophets where God gives his people the right to self-defense and weapons. Jesus says, if they strike you on your right, se- right cheek, slap you on your right cheek, turn to them the other, that has to do with the backhanded slap, has to do with just insults, has to do with someone saying, ah, oh, you jerk. Right. Ah, oh, you idiot Christian. Turn the oh, other cheek. Oh, you're number one. Oh, you're number one. You turn the other cheek has nothing to do with the right to self-defense. And in the end, what's the answer to the gun problem, which isn't really a gun problem, but from their context in our nation, what's the answer? The gospel. The gospel. 
the gospel. People are sinners. People are rebels. People's feet are swift to shed blood. The answer is repentance and faith towards God, faith in Jesus Christ for reconciliation and peace with God. Jesus is God in the flesh, who is righteous, who died for sinners and rose from the dead. And he calls all people who are sinners, which is all of us who are slaves to our sin, to come to him for life, for freedom. Jesus says, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. He says, but if the son sets you free, you should be free indeed. That's the message of the gospel. King Ginger. All right. Hey, I just want to tell people to uh, share the show and just tell their friends about our show and let's help expand this amazing thing <laughs> that we do that all a, the time. That was, that was good. That was that excellent. great, Marcus. Epic. Good. You should good. send that advertisement off to like PR companies and be like, look, look what I can do, this, baby. It's been a long this, day. This what can stuff. I say? Watch it's us because we're, really cause good, we're yeah. good. It's we're, a great show and I think you would enjoy it and your friends would like it too. Show your mama. <laughs> show your mama. Show your mama. <laughs> All right. So guys, thank you once again for another episode of Apologia TV and sorry, radio and TV and All Access we did today. We're grateful to all of our All Access listeners uh, and um, those that give on a regular basis. We're grateful for you. We thank you. We love you. And uh, we're just praising God and blessing his name for you. Thank you, guys. Catch you next week. Well, you actually called me stupid on the radio. I can't <laughs> believe it. I didn't. I was teasing. You're, you're my pastor. I was teasing. 